Welcome to the Disc Jockey News Podcast Edition. Each month, the writers from the Disc Jockey News share some insight about their monthly articles published in the recent Disc Jockey News. Hello, and welcome to the audio version of Disc Jockey News, or audio recap of Disc Jockey News is maybe a little bit more accurate. Uh, This is Jake Palmer from the other side. And um, today what we're going to do is something that's kind of new to Disc Jockey News and, and pretty cool. I think it's a lot of fun and I, I hope you guys will enjoy it. What we're going to do is give you a little bit of an audio insight into the articles from the, you know, from the month so that you can have a little better understanding, a little better uh, in-depth look into the writer's brain. Yeah, it could get scary, but we're going to uh, we're going to give it a shot anyway and see kind of how it goes a little bit and kind of give you some more uh some more details and a little more just expansion and, and in-depth thought so that you're getting as much as you can from the articles and and taking away as much as possible, which is uh, convenient that we talk about it that way because the article I wrote this month uh from the other side is about taking away today, stuff you can take away today. And what I want to do is just kind of recap the article and give you a little bit more in-depth thought as to what I was thinking. So, uh, first of all, the goofy part at the beginning was I stole from a movie. I don't even remember which one it was, but uh, it's the, uh, the the song about being in love in the spring. Another, you know, another uh, another June, another bride, another groom. Uh, however, but my point in the opening article or opening paragraph was that I wanted to be able to provide some stuff that you could take away today and use tonight in a show if you have it, or this weekend at a wedding, or things that you can implement right now that will make you better or make you think or help you find ways to be and get better. Because And I'm going to talk from my own personal standpoint, and I hope some of you will agree with me or at least understand. But it seems to to me that when you do, when you read a lot of articles, uh, whether it's from Distrocky News or any other publication, or uh, you go to the seminars and the conventions, or quite honestly, you surf the internet and you look at all the Facebook threads and the and the uh, the Twitter stuff. There's a lot of talk and not a lot of action. There's a lot of guys who will tell you that they do it better than you, and uh, a lot of guys who will critique what you're doing and how you're doing it, but very few guys who will come right out and say, all right, listen, if you want to do it better, do it like this, and here's how, and here's why, and boom, and, and just and just do it. And I kind of made a comment about that where I said, um, you know, sometimes it's just nice to have someone tell you, you know, how to do something. <laughs> so, hey, here you go. This will help, and this will improve. So that was kind of what I was talking about there is, you know, more action, less talk. So a couple uh, key points that I, that I touched on throughout the article. Number one was smile. This is the most obvious no-brainer in any industry, in any profession. Uh, if you smile, people like you. You look like you're having fun. Um, you, you look presentable, professional, uh, the whole things. And I kind of made a mention there about how this part of the job has gotten a lot easier because you, when you smile and you engage your clients and you engage your guests, it's a lot easier for them to re-engage with you. And I, I, one thing that drives me crazy is you can't, you can't entertain someone who's not engaged. You can't, you can't get people involved if they're not involved. It makes sense. Hopefully it does. But that's my point is that you can't, you can't take people who are not paying attention to you, who are not paying attention to what's going on and expect them to have a good time because they're not part of the fun. So you have to get them engaged. And the comment I made there about it's easier nowadays because you, with laptops and controllers and playlists and things like iTunes and, and you know software packages, you don't have to turn around to a table full of CDs or crates of albums. You don't have to have cassettes spread out on the table in front of you. So you, you're, you're constantly trying to find the next song that you're going to play. So you can utilize that time that you would have utilized looking for something uh, to engage your crowd, to make eye contact, to make reads, and to be more uh more 
you know, proactive. And, and this I really quite honestly stole from a big multi-op company I worked for when I first started. When, And we all love to bag on the multi-ops and the cookie cutters like Music in Motion. But the one thing that Music in Motion taught me as a young DJ was that their uniform, structured, organized library was easy to memorize. It was concise and adequate and not overinflated so you could literally memorize every song that was in that library and know hey i want to play this one next and i know it's right here so you can grab it get it and have it ready immediately and you could also change your mind on the fly which allowed you to be a little bit more a little bit more free and a little bit more loose which i think is very important and and you can then spend more time engaging your audience and and being a part of that action than not being a part of it. And that led right to the second topic, which was be there, be in the moment, be, be at the events. Don't be distracted. Don't be somewhere else. Um, don't be on your phone. Don't be on Facebook. You know, be, make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on. And because again, it's, it's hard for you to be upset with a table 26 when they won't shut up during the father of the bride's speech. If you've been on your phone texting and Facebooking for the last 45 minutes anyway. So you, you don't want to be hypocritical. Um, one of the things I mentioned in there was, uh, uh, you know, make sure that you stay in that moment in the building as far as like, don't go outside and smoke too much because one, it looks unprofessional Two, uh, you're walking around now with stinky smoke breath, eh, despite the gum. Uh, and three, you just want to make sure that you don't miss anything. You'd hate to miss like the coolest moment of the, of the uh, dinner because you were outside having a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the other one I mentioned, and this is, <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, don't spend your time hitting on bridesmaids or hot girls at the wedding because, uh, or any event for that matter, because here's what will happen. And I can tell you this from experience. You're going to hit on the girl. You're going to spend most of your time paying attention to her and you're going to ignore a lot of the other guests and things that are going on. So what happens is that you do uh, a less than stellar show. So you don't do the best job you can do. And then at the end of the night, when you go, thank you, good night. She uh, leaves with somebody else because you have to tear down anyway. So it's all a waste of time. So uh, forget about the girls. Save that for your own night out, and you'll be much better off. Uh, look good. This is a pretty no-brainer, but uh, it's exactly what it, what it sounds like. Uh, look good when you show up. Make sure your vehicle's clean. Make sure you're clean. Uh, it's, it's amazing how many times when venues will complain to me about other DJs they've seen who rolled up in their roofing work truck with their gear in back on top of their other tools. Uh, it's amazing. And, and they notice these things. They see the stuff that's going on around them and then what's happening all over the place. And then and that reflects poorly on you. Uh, make sure that you look good. Did you, you showered. Comb your hair. You know, put on a clean shirt. Even if you're going to go and set up early and then you're going to change afterwards, don't roll in in tattered up jeans and a bad t-shirt with some, you know, nasty slogan on it and uh, your hair a mess looking like a homeless guy. Roll in looking good. Uh, make sure your gear looks good. Make sure your system looks good. I'm not one of these over-the-top anal guys, but I think everything should look nice and clean and neat. Uh, if you know, we, we, we all see the stuff on Facebook, but uh, do yourself a favor. If you, if, you, if you don't have the extra $4 to go to Menards and buy some Velcro straps, wrap your speaker cords around your ta- your uh, speaker stands. Don't leave them hanging off the back uh, for two reasons. One, it looks it looks bad. For two, it's a giant trip hazard. If your speaker stand is wrapped around, your cord is wrapped around your stand or Velcroed to it all the way down, if someone trips on that cord incidentally somehow... Uh, they pull at the bottom of the speaker stand. If they trip on a cord that's not attached to the stand, they pull now on the top of the speaker, which means it could attend, eh, could fall over, I suppose. So, you know, but just take a couple of extra minutes and make sure that you look decent. I actually had the general manager of a hotel tell me that the reason they wanted me to be their preferred DJ is because my gear looked nice and I did a good job. That was the number one thing that they noticed, though. 
So for those of you who think brides don't care, they don't, but somebody out there does, and you can get a lot of great uh, referrals from uh, the people that are paying attention. So keep that in mind. Hey, another thing about looking good, and this is something that uh, probably makes me unique in the world of uh, mobile entertainment, is that don't underdress, obviously. Jeans are never cool at a wedding, uh, unless they specifically said, hey, we're in a barn and uh, everybody's wearing jeans and you're going to look goofy if you don't. Uh, so, you know, make sure you look the part, but like I said in the article, you're not there to sell insurance. Uh, you're not there as a guest. You're there as the entertainment. You're there as the MC. Uh, there are big time MCs that like to wear a full tuxedo guys like Bill Herman or, or Jim Cerrone. And these guys look great and they pull it off. And that's part of their persona is that, that tuxedo wearing guy. Uh, I personally am not a full tuxedo. I like the vest only cause it's a little more casual. It's a little more hip. And it also, it kind of conveys that idea of a little bit more fun. But at the same time, uh, don't overdress for your wedding either. And what I mean by this is that um, when you show up in a three-piece suit, you look very nice. You don't look like the fun guy at the party though. You see what I'm saying? You you still have to, there's a difference between a business suit and a, and a stylish suit. There's a difference between looking good and looking fun. So make sure you find that happy medium. And I know every market is different that uh, some weddings and some venues, uh, they have a different text, a, a different vibe, I should say, and a different feel. You, you got to do what's right for you, for right for your image and right for your clients. I understand that. Just make sure that you're not um, being too detrimental to yourself to the point where people think that maybe... You know, you're the little brother of the priest or you're there to talk about insurance later or something along those lines. All right. Uh, get involved. Get involved is, is, is such a broad term that it's a very broad term. Number one, when I talk about getting involved, what I'm talking about is get involved from day one. Get involved from the very, very start. Uh, one of the things I read more about on Facebook than how bad people's sound systems look is uh DJs and mobile entertainers complaining about venues, complaining about uh, caterers, complaining about, uh, well, they expect the dance floor over here and the DJ over there, and they expect this, and they don't understand the, pro- they don't understand how to lay out a room, and they don't understand this, and they don't understand that. Uh, this brings me back to, uh, uh, to sales, oddly enough. And the number one rule of sales is you have to ask for the sale. You can't expect to give someone a pitch and then they just say, well, that sounds great, Jake. I'll take that. Sometimes you have to say, so what do you think? You want to, you want to do this? You know, you guys want to make a deposit today? You have to ask for the sale. You cannot complain. (laughs) Uh, You can't complain about the layout of the room if you didn't make an effort to be involved with the layout of the room. You see what I'm saying? You can't show up the day of and make that your first contact with the hall, make that your first contact with the person in charge, and then complain about the way that the room looks. Try to get involved right away. Try to be a part of what's happening with the bride all the way through. Also, try to help them create what they're trying to create. Ask as many questions as possible. Uh, To quote the great Bill Herman, uh, Bill Herman likes to say, uh, ask one more question. There's always one more question you can ask. And that's so true because the more questions you ask, the more information you get, the more knowledge you have, the more armed you are to help create that event that they absolutely want. And it's important to remember that you work for the bride and groom and your job is to give them the event that they want and entertain their guests. You do not work for the hotel. You don't work for the venue. The venue will always suggest things that are easy and familiar, and they can pull off with the fewest man hours involved as far as labor costs go. Their job is not necessarily to create a wow factor or go out of their way to look for that thing. So it's important that you're there to talk to them about things like, hey, we don't need a dance floor that's 25 feet by 25 feet, uh, even if we have 300 people, because 
it's always going to look empty and it's going to create a giant void in the, in, in the middle of the room. And if you have a big dance floor that you can't alter the size of, it's okay to put some tables on it so you don't have a giant void in the middle of the room. You know, there's little things that you can get involved with and, and try to be a part of, but you have to make the effort. You have to make that point to, to try to get involved and to try to be a part of it. And, you know, obviously the same is true when you're at the, the event itself. You know, get involved, be a part of the fun, be a part of what's happening uh, so people will get involved with you. Uh, big mis- misnomer that I run to a lot with uh, with weddings, especially, I shouldn't say especially, a, a lot of uh, DJs, a lot of brides, a lot of grooms, a lot of people assume that uh, a wedding day is all about the bride and the groom. And as much as we'd like to think that and believe that, it's unfortunately really not. A lot of the reception is for the guests. And that's one of the headers and the points I had in there. Receptions are for guests. And they quite honestly are. You are the bride and groom are receiving their guest, thus the reception. And so it's important to remember that a lot of what we're going to do is going to be for the guests. A lot of what you say, a lot of the music you play is for the guests. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you've allowed the bride and groom to pick most of the songs, pick most of the music styles, uh, and, and eliminate a lot of the outside influence, i.e. requests and, and guest influence. Uh, it doesn't go as well, does it? Because the guests are the one who dance. I tell every bride and groom at every meeting I have with them that their input is important. It's obviously their big day, and I want to make sure that uh, I know what they like and what they don't like and what they want and what they don't want. But at the end of the day, your two guests of 200 or 300 or however many, and you're two of the younger ones. So we have to keep that in mind because... If I play only the music you like and you want, there's a good chance that at about 9.15, it's going to be me and you and 12 of your closest friends and everyone else will have gone home. And if that's what you want, well, by golly, we'll rock the house. But most brides and grooms don't want a party for them and 12 of their friends. They want everyone they invited to stay and have a good time and be a part of it. So uh, I have always been notorious for saying this when I train young DJs, and I've said this from as long, far back as I can remember. It's important to remember that you, as the DJ, are in charge of the music at the event. Not the bride, not the groom, not the mom, not the dad. It is your job to play the music, to entertain the guests, to get them on the dance floor, to make sure that everyone is having fun. It's not their job to do it. If they wanted to do it, they would not have hired you. And you need to find a way to make sure that you instill that in them in a confident, professional manner that allows you to do your job to the best of your ability. Otherwise, you're going to be hand-tied the entire night, and you're never going to be able to pull it off. With that in mind, I also tell brides and grooms that the ceremony is a lot about them, but really even the ceremony, they don't get a lot of input into because if they're, if it's a very religious ceremony and the reception, they get to do things like say, yeah, we want these food options, but not necessarily, you know, they don't get to pick exactly what each person eats. They don't get to pick everything about it. They can choose the decorations and the flowers and things along those lines, but that's really where it ends. And then it becomes less about the bride and groom and more about their guests. So for that reason, anything we do at the reception and during the dance, I always tell them, if it doesn't add to the event, if it doesn't add to the entertainment value, there's no reason to do it. If we are going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to make sure it's engaging, it's entertaining, it's a part of the event, and it makes the event in the, it better. So keep that in mind when you're adding these things and you're doing these things. Excuse me. If you're going to cut the cake at the dinner, make sure that A, that you have a reason to cut the cake and that you want to cut the cake. Uh, B, make sure that it works in a manner that's 
you know, involves your guests, involves your bride and groom, and makes everyone else feel important. Uh, I'm a big believer that there are typically three people in the room that care about seeing the bride and groom cut the cake, and that is the photographer, the bride's grandmother, and the person who made the cake if they're there. Uh, everybody else just wants to eat. They're like, come on, give us the cake. Give us the cupcake. Uh, now, if you want to do a cupca- uh, cake cutting and you want to make it an event, that's fantastic. Just make sure it fits into with what you're doing and how you're doing it and that it's done properly and it's staged well so people can see. Because that's um, that's important that you remember everything you do needs to add to that experience. And that's kind of the, the point that I was getting at there. So, And I, I, I don't want to preach. That's what I hate is when people preach this stuff and go, you got to do it this way or it's wrong. And I'm not saying that at all. Your market is different. Your business is different. Your image is different. Every DJ's image uh, you should have your own personality type and your own image type. You know, I'm the fun party guy. Everybody knows that. When you get Jake, you're going to have a party. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be fun. You're going to laugh. It's going to be exciting. When you hire other people, you're going to get something different. Uh, when you hire, you know, company X, you're going to get a lot of games and you're going to get a lot of uh, interactive activities that way. When you hire this guy, you're going to get uh, more laid back, more, you know, professional. The, what Bill Herman does is different from what I do. What I do is different from what you do. And what you do is different from what your competition across the street does. And it should be that way. And you should be the best at the way you do it and make sure that you make it your own. And that's that's the biggest thing is find your personality, find your niche and get involved so that you can kind of create your own thing and be involved. So those are just a couple tips of things that you can do today uh, that you can think about that are easy to implement, that don't require you to, to, to buy anything or to go crazy. Um, except shoes, get cool shoes. You got to have cool shoes. Otherwise people just think you're another guy at the wedding. If you have cool shoes, you stand out in a cool way. Uh, and people will think, Hey, he, he, he's a fun guy. Trust me on this. It, it'll work for you. Check out the, uh, party sound by Jake Palmer Facebook page, and you'll see the shoes that I wear to weddings. And I think you'll dig them. There you go. Hey, I'm Jake Palmer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Uh, as always, I love to hear your comments. You can email me uh, at, uh, I think it's Jake Palmer at DiscJockeyNews.com, uh, or you can always uh, blow me up on Facebook. Thanks for listening to the Disc Jockey News Podcast Edition. You can find more information about the Disc Jockey News and the print ND edition at DiscJockeyNews.com.